You're listening to a podcast from 702. 702 Afternoons. With Rilebohile Mabuta. Live. Online. Smartphones. The 702 app. DSTV Channel 856. 92.7. And 106 FM. I'm so excited to have in studio today for our food feature. Eshtangeni African food. They are based in Alex. And guys, there is nothing like eating the food you grew up eating. It is nostalgic. We don't have it every day. I just got to sample. I, I, I don't know. Sometimes people are worried we go on air having sipped like cocktails and, and whiskey tasting before. You must be worried when you eat papa before your show. It's worse because you could pass out and fall asleep. But I had to sample all of that. So I'd like to welcome onto the show co-founder of Eshtangeni African Food, Amu Msimeki. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for coming through. Thank you, Rulebohul, and a good afternoon to you and to all the listeners at home. I can see Horwena at your house. No one is allowed to leave with an empty stomach. No, no, no. We cook daily. Because <laughs> you, you have this thing. Firstly, you brought so much food, which we are so, so grateful for. And you are just so, I can just feel in your energy. You are that, that mama who's like, everybody must leave with a full stomach. But take us back to how, the, how did the business journey begin? All right, the business was established in 2018, to be precise, on the 15th of April 2018 uh, in Alexandra, and we're still operating from that address that you've just given to the listeners at Mm. home. So it started in 2018, but what made you decide we need to make it a business? Because most young black women know how to cook. We were raised in a way that we have to cook. What was it that made you decide, Jorge? No, man, this must be a business. Was it that you saw a need in the area that there is something missing that you are looking for? Or maybe somebody planted a seed in your mind to say you must start a business? Um, as you mentioned, Alebo, I am a co-founder. Mm. Um, so my business uh, partner is my husband. He is the one who saw an empty space in Alex. Mm. Funny enough, we used to chill in Alex. And one of the days during early April, he said to me, uh, Amo, you know, there's an open space there. Mm. We love cooking. And, you know, our home is always full of people coming to eat for free. Mm. Now we must start <laughs> making money. People should stop coming to eat for free. <laughs> so that's how it all began. You know, um, at the beginning, I didn't want to uh, do it, but he pushed me to do it. So mm. I'm very grateful that he was there from the beginning until now. So what was your career prior to having this business? <laughs> Good one. I am an admitted attorney, a practicing attorney. And what did you specialize in or where were your special interests as um, a practicing attorney? From my days of um, can being a candidate attorney until now, I'm concentrating mostly on family-related matters, divorces, uh, children's court matters, maintenance. So that is mainly my focus in the practice. So I can come and eat and get advice to get maintenance. No, 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 no. It does not work like that. We're chasing money. We're chasing fees. 
No, I thought get two in one. No, no, no. You, you come to the shop, I sell food. You come to my office, I sell my professional services. So That's it's it. not a Black Friday special. Never. Yeah, Papa, with a side of Never. legal counsel. Never. And most of my customers do not even know what I do on a daily really? basis. Yes. Okay, so Habi said, no, let's do this thing, ne? How did you, because we often talk about the era we're living in of side hustles, because you have a whole career. It's not like it was necessarily something you needed. So I'm assuming then the reason that you did it, other than the extra coins, was it something you enjoy doing? I'm passionate about food. I must say that, as I said previously, I'll cook every weekend. My homeboys will come, my cousins will come, they will eat for free. Then that's when we said enough is enough, we should start making money. Charge your family, guys. That's the only and, way. And they are business, supporting. <laughs> that's the only way your business will survive. Um, all right, I want us to take a quick break and then I want to delve a little bit more into how your business is structured because there are many people who are listening from townships here then everywhere maybe what are the challenges of having a township business but also what are the successes and the positive things that you could share so we'll be taking your calls on 011-8830702 and the whatsapp line 072-702-1702 702 food feature 17 minutes after 1 o'clock and for our food feature today we are hosting uh, Mumsimeki co-founder of Eshtangeni African Food they are based in Alex but she also happens to be a practicing attorney legal services with a side of pop and Namaya Koho what a brilliant idea we are taking your calls on 011-883-0702 in the whatsapp line 072-702-1702 but while we're talking about food and i'm going to ask amu this question is what is it that makes your christmas meal a christmas meal you might be the family that says if there is no turkey it is not a christmas meal you might be the family that says me i'm alone even peanut butter and jam on loaf brown is my Christmas meal, that is my Christmas meal. So for you, is it different from what you do on a Sunday when it's seven colors and you've come back from church? Or is your Christmas meal got something extra? Let's share ideas of what it is we'll be putting on our menus. But before that, here's a voice note. I really want to find um, a South African cuisine restaurant but I'm so scared these days because there's so many rumors about they still leave a little bit of the dirt inside the stomach so that it gives the food flavor or they wash it with bleach or any of that. Can you please find out from this, from your guest if, if they do that, how do they clean the cleanliness? Because that is such a concern for me and I really, really want some mojotu so badly, Sam. Listen, what you're saying is valid, hey? Like, it is very risky eating mohodu um, just anyway. It is risky. Because, for example, I, I um, um, come from a home where we eat our mohodu chopped quite finely. It is nice and stewy, and we don't necessarily have whole big pieces. And we clean our mohodu thoroughly. We don't do the... And it's not dirt, baby, it's not dirt, but in, it's it's the digestive digested grass basically within the the stomach of the animal. 
I'm, I'm actually hearing that for the first time that they clean Mohodo with uh, bleach. bleach. Yes. If you go to your Portuguese restaurants and they have things like like tripe and you see it being white, it's bleached. Um, um, Lebo, you have uh, tasted our mukhodi. You've seen that it's <laughs> extremely, extremely clean. Yes. Not even one stone, not even a trace of grass. Yes. It's extremely, we clean it thoroughly. Mm. We wash it more than three times mm. before cooking it. And what I can say, I can start off by saying that we don't keep much stock in the yes, shop. Yes, yes. So that enables us to... Uh, wash or have fresh stock on a daily basis. So we stock less to ensure that we provide fresh food on a daily basis. Mm. So the the stories about Mohodu, people bleaching it, people putting uh, cooking soda to make sure that it doesn't take much time to cook. And what I can tell you that we prepare our food on fire. So we're not worried about electricity. We're not worried about oh, gas. Oh, food. Yes, we're not worried about such things. So I do not see the need to bypass the cooking time. Yes, yes, I understand what you're saying. Okay, and I think I think um, for many people um, that becomes a concern. But you've answered perfectly, perfectly well in regards and to the how fact you that we've got returning customers as well. It gives us confidence that you know the manner in which we're cleaning our beef tripe, it's the way it should be done. For me, namakoho, as in the head meat, as translation. It was so, is so tender. Like, I think the general consensus was that that was what the team was loving. Even though you say the hard body is the best seller. That is our most popular meal, the hard body. The hard body. Yeah, amongst other plates. Yes, yes. Mm. So talk to me about having a township-based business and some of the challenges that you face, but also what are some of the the benefits of having a township-based business? Um. The mere fact that we're based in a township is easily accessible to most people. Uh, it's easy to find us. Anyone can buy, whether you are a middle class or high, um, in the high range earning um, bracket. As like an attorney. As like an attorney, <laughs> sorry, for lack of a better word. So anyone can access it. The challenge is we have people coming to the shop and say, can I have half plate? Mm. Can I only have pub? Can I only have this? And then we have to find ourselves having to restructure mm. our prices. But we had to be firm about it to say the price is this X amount of money mm. and it's how we sell our food. We're not going to break the price or give a discount because a person cannot afford. Sometimes it breaks my heart. As I said, mm. I love to see people eat, but I cannot carry on giving discounts. No, so. and understandably, at the end of the day, you are running a business. Exactly. And you're going to be looking at your expenses, your liabilities. You're going to be looking at the income, the turnover, the profit, making sure that your staff remain employed and all of those things. And just to add on that, um, the challenges that we're experiencing, you know, next door by the streets, there are people selling similar food to us, mm. so to ours. So... They're selling at a very low price, but mm. we still have local, um, you know, local people coming to buy. It doesn't bother them at all that we're selling at double the price. And I think for, for every business, you have your own market, you know. Exactly. Even if, even if one might see it as competition, it isn't necessarily 
competition because you are not necessarily serving the same target audience or target group. I'm so used to TV and media that I say audience or listenership. Yes, the same customer base. That's the word I was looking yes, for. Yes, and I take into consideration the fact that we've got overheads as well to yeah. cater for at the end of the month. So somebody's saying, guys, uh-uh. where is this place? I'm hungry. When Alex is it? Corner, uh, it's actually in Marlboro. Corner mm-hmm. uh, First and Fourth Avenue. Most people are so afraid to come to Alex, but if you come, then you'll see it's not the inner part of Alex. Mm. We've got parking space. You can enjoy our Mohodu or Oxhead, Oxhead looking at your car. Mm. But people say, uh, if I come, then, then the next thing I'll not come back with my car. Yes. Yeah, so it's really a safe area. Even if you don't come back with your car, guys, it's worth You'll it. You'll be full. It will not. <laughs> Let's go to the lines. We've got Claudia in Johannesburg. Hi, Claudia. Hi, ladies. How are you? Good, thanks. And you? Good. Yes, I'm go really ahead. I'm the conversation. Um, I just heard the comment around um, Portuguese restaurants normally bleaching their tribe, and I just wanted to pitch in there. Yes, please. So Portuguese restaurants don't bleach um, their mm. tribe. Um, it's quite a process to get it washed um, nicely, and it gets soaked in lemon and oranges um, over overnight and over changing various waters um, various times. Is so I'm not sure about the bleaching at all. Um, I make it at home as yes. well, um, not only in restaurants. So that's just my comment. So can I ask, what is the reason that it is white, white, white? So And, and this, this is based on my experience at one restaurant where I saw it being served white, white, white in a tomato-based sauce. Uh, I can't answer on behalf of that restaurant mm. specifically, but just from where I have had experience, mm. it really is just from a quality point. So where the tripe is purchased and then the, the washing process, yes, um, which obviously doesn't include the bleach. Um, yes. As I said, it's, a, it's a salting process for one. Um, and then it's the lemon, um, the lemon and orange. Wow, that is so fascinating. Thank you so much, uh, Claudia and Johannesburg, for that. Soaking and the lemon and orange, I've never heard of that. As I said, the bleaching of ox tribe, I'm hearing it for the first time today. And you're hearing about orange and lemon for the first time? Yes. Okay. Let's... And I've never seen white tribe. You... It, couldn't be, it couldn't be sheep tribe, maybe? No, it is white, white, white. So I even think at, um, at Spa, Spa is one of the... The, the the grocery stores that sells, you know, Kaguan and all of those things. So you can actually see the one that is the normal color, which is your brown, and then the one that is pure white. I'll definitely have a look. But you don't want it. The, no, 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 the not fla- at all. The flavor's not, not there. I've never touched it with my hands. I wouldn't like to touch it. <laughs> all right, let's go to JK in Pretoria. Hi, JK. Uh, I actually had a privilege of eating her food. Yo, 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 let me tell you. For free or did you pay? For free. I want a hot body when I'm in Kerala Matata. Thank you so much, brother. Thank you so much, JK. Um, Does your business have an alcohol license? And if yes, if not, do you feel that it is benefiting or not benefiting the business? 
Um, we don't have an alcohol license yet, mm-hmm. but we are open to our customers bringing their own mm. alcohol. We don't have capacity at the moment mm. to sell alcohol, but it's something that we're looking into. Mm. Look, um, I, I know that the process is not an easy process. It's a very long process and not necessarily um, an environment that you might even want. Though for many businesses, you know, for those that are listening and are thinking about having your small little food business, um, many people will t- tell you, that the um, the profit share, a big part of profit share can come out of markups on the alcohol. But we'll be looking out for that one. So at least we're not uh, being told you cannot bring your own alcohol. There is um, a question here. Another one says, only boiling water by carbonate of soda lemon will clean those parts of the animal thoroughly and safely. That is unsigned. And then they say, and coarse salt also cleans. We're learning, hey? By a cup of soda, boiling water. But the question is, why use um, all, size, all those ingredients if you could just use water? Mm. That's how we were taught to wash muhodi mm. by mm. our parents, our grandparents. Only water. You wash it thoroughly. You extract the extra fats from muhodi and then it's clean. You cut it in small pieces. Mm. Mm. I hear you. I hear you. So final um, words to the listeners. Why should they make their way to Alex to come and enjoy? They will the not mu- regret <laughs> a single minute of coming to Eshtangini. They will love it. And I know we spoke about Papa, but there are other things that, that you, you serve other than what we spoke about. Uh, dumpling and simp. Mm. Yes. That is our alternative starch. This weather is making people <laughs> go. Please remind us one more time where they can find your business in Alex. We are based in Alex Corner First and Fourth Avenue in Marlborough. You can also find us on Instagram. They are contact details there. We are always available, not always 100%, but 90% of the time we do respond to uh, inquiries from customers, give them directions, send them uh, locations so that mm. they can easily find the place. So just if you would like to know the way you spell Eshtangeni is E-X-I-T-A-N-G-E-N-I and you can find them on Instagram and you can see images of all their absolutely delicious food. Thank you so much, Amo, for joining us. Thank you. We'll be in touch for legal counsel and a side of pub. Thank you.